0: Welcome in, and thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, September 21st, coming at you on the last day of summer, although it feels like the first day of fall. Getting cold out there, feeling good. I'm Jared All. alongside me, as always, Connor Holskamp. How are you, dude? Uh, I'm good.
1: Is it really the last day of summer? It is. Yes. I, I, hey, learn something new every day. Like on the calendar? All it's right. the last
2: day? Yeah. I love fall. Yeah. Fall's my favorite yeah.
1: season. How come we can't uh, have like a gopher for the for the last day of summer like we do for the first Don't say day of gopher. Don't say gopher. Or whatever. Right groundhog. Now. Groundhog. Uh, sorry. Uh,
0: for those of you out there that are <laughs> CU buffs fans, oh, yeah, you may was. understand why I am uh, <clears throat> not happy about the gophers right now. That was embarrassing. Uh, I am we are also joined by a fellow CU season ticket holder and uh, sports betting extraordinaire. Tyler Walgie
2: joining us filling in for Nick Soper. Hello. Thanks for having me on once again. Now Nick is out. Producer Nick once again. I don't know where he goes. Does anyone know where he is right now? I don't I don't again. Once again. Actually, he- I have no idea. So <laughs> oh, yes, I don't either. So can we sh- should we play a game of where in the world is Nick Sopras? <laughs> and then when he comes back, he can we can see who is closest. Now let's play closest to the hole. Okay. So whoever gets okay. the closest uh, geographically. All right. So should I go first or do it? It was your idea. I think okay. you can go for it. I think he is somewhere in California again. Nick's a California guy. I was wrong last time with San Diego. So I'm going San Diego again. All right. I was off. I I think he was in Napa last time. So going to San Diego—that's my guess. Oh, okay. So you're doubling down. You know, you you missed it the last time, so you're taking the got to double on down. Him. Yes.
0: Okay. And and see, this is where I don't know uh, Nick's vacationing habits <laughs> as much as you do. Apparently, no. You, you I actually. I'm kind of shooting
2: in the dark here. Um. One
0: one trip that I do know that Nick likes to frequent is Las Vegas. So I'm going to go Who's ahead and throw Las Vegas out there. That's a okay. pretty good odds to throw out there.
2: Vegas. I love Vegas. I've been to Vegas a couple times with Nick as well. And uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. Okay. In Vegas, you know, yeah. so just because Walgie already got the uh, Tyler over here,
1: got the West Coast covered and you're going a little Vegas. So I'm going to, since we're playing closest to the hole, I think I'm going to go a little bit on the East Coast here. I'm going to strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah anyway. so, strategy, that's uh, and actually, you know what? Uh, I am going to guess we're going to go Boston. Okay. It just seems like a. Boston if you're gonna type go east that's coast, a nice central, that's you,
2: you know, it's like middle of the golf course. I yeah, like well,
1: and, and and I also would guess it's not San Diego because I am actually heading to San Diego with Nick in two days. So. Oh wait, 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 wait! This is insider <laughs> oh, information. You
0: shouldn't that's have spilled the info. beads well, hold on, on that.
2: Hold on, hold on, It doesn't mean he can't go. Hey, he's no, going no, here
1: no. with buddies. He's going there with his his uh, wife. So no, it's very possible. No, honestly, it's very possible that he could still be going to San Diego. Uh,
2: well, so. I I think that he was working with inside if you'd like to change uh, your information uh, go ahead change it but i do quickly before we get (laughs) off this the topic of producer nick i know he's a big part of the show so i wanted to bring him back in the show i didn't want him to leave today so what i did is i went back and i found some audio of him saying a few things so i can answer for producer nick today unfortunately jared and i went back and looked we couldn't find him saying no at all. He's a very positive producer. <laughs> He's a very <laughs> yeah. and hey, that's what I look for in a producer. Right? I need someone build me up, encouraging me yeah. through this show. That's why that's what Jared does not like when I have to fill in on <laughs> no. the show. No, but all right. So here is what we got from Nick. We have yes, okay. So he could say yes for any answer. Okay, we could say maybe, maybe, and then this one. <laughs> I mean, I know that's probably not a popular opinion. But- so those three things, <laughs> that's what we have in the arsenal today for Nick. So okay. if, if you say something that I really think you would agree with, you may hear a yes. <laughs> just, I, <don't> know <laughs> where, I like so. it. I like it. All yeah. right. So, Producer uh, Tyler,
1: fill it in. There it's you good go. Stuff. There you go. What do we got today, Jared? All right,
0: guys. On the docket today, we're going to discuss a bit of kind of some personal thoughts on what what are the best games to attend here in Colorado. There's some great teams, some great venues. What's your favorite one to go to in person? Also, I feel the need to talk a little bit of Rockies. I got to eat a little bit of crow on some of the things I said early on in the year. But first, of course, we got to talk Little Broncos coming off NFL weekend two you guys obviously made it you made it through the weekend usually the second weekend in the NFL sometimes it's a little more dangerous you aren't as prepared you know for yeah. for what comes no, along I, the way yeah, It was
2: solid my Any, fantasy yeah fantasy didn't do it. Well, i know
0: but. i know you're uh, you professional better tyler anything big that hit for you anything that maybe not uh, so much? yeah
2: my uh, biggest bet of the season so far chicago bears uh was uh winner winner chicken dinner and it's hysterical that i was going crazy when andy dalton went out but yes <laughs> that actually happened this weekend but uh, Broncos, how about 2-0? Two, oh? two road two games. and oh. And here's the thing about the Broncos is actually, and I, and I know people may laugh about this, but it, they were actually in a really tough spot this last weekend. Second game in a row on the road, right? Two road games in a row, a lot of travel, plus on the East Coast, okay? And on top of that, everyone knows the Broncos struggle with that 11 o'clock time slot, East Coast more. So all those things put together, you know, I know it was Jacksonville, the, the laughing stock of the league right now. I still think that... that the Broncos looked really good and exceeded expectations. Yeah, so.
1: really good. And um, uh, obviously missing the number one wide receiver on their roster. Exactly. Uh, you know, they're in terms of what expected targets. And uh, so that was big. And obviously, uh, you know, they were they were missing Graham Glasgow as well. Uh, hopefully he's, he's back this week. So, you know, without him, uh, and also, of course, uh, Darby was on uh, IR, just as we mentioned last week. So three, you know, Big pieces uh, of the team were were out, so it was good to see. It was a good win. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, if it's all right with you guys, I'm going to start things off right now with our stat of the week. I love it. No, all right, like coming it. in it's hot. Coming in Stad hot.
2: Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. Stat of the week. All
1: right. With Sunday's win, Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, as we call him in studio, Teddy Two Gloves, uh, becomes the fourth player in NFL history fourth player in NFL history to open a season with two touchdowns, no interceptions, 75% or more completion percentage uh, in each of the first two games. And he joins on that list. The only quarterbacks to do that open the season with that stat line is Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Jeff George. Wow, that's ye- nice company. You ye- had to feed the
0: monster over here Connor. You have to know Tyler sitting in the studio is going to well, uh, eat the, up th- these Here's words. the thing,
2: guys. Honestly, it's exhausting being right all the time. <laughs> you know, I come in here, I fill in on this show. I, I, I occasionally would like to be wrong because it's a chore always having to carry that oh, burden. Okay, okay, so, okay. This guy. Okay. This guy just, no, uh, but <laughs> hey,
0: cre- credit where credit's due, and we talked about it a bit last week, and I think Teddy really answered the bell again this week, and just... Man, he looks he looks good. He looks comfortable. He looks poised out there.
1: Uh, it's it's fun to watch it, him. He did, and, and I mean, hey, I'm gonna keep beating this drum. I'm all on the Teddy train. All right, like, sure. I, and uh, and I was, I it wasn't like I thought Teddy was the worst quarterback necessarily either. That was never my uh, intention. But regardless, I'm on the Teddy train. I'm good. I got a bonus stat for you guys here. Just real quick bonus. No, stat. you're limited to Start one Luis. stat. Start one Start
2: bonus. This is a quick
1: one. Start <laughs> Bonus <laughs> sure. number
2: two. Okay, we're holding
0: him here. He says one more stat. It is. No more It the is rest one more stat. of the show.
1: Uh, so Teddy Bridgewater's, uh, and this, this actually, this stat was taken before Monday Night Football, so I'm not sure how Monday Night Football may have changed this. Okay. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater's average depth of target... His average
2: depth of target. Important stat.
1: Is, <laughs> it is it, Yeah. Really. Yeah. I, I'm not kidding. It's oh, okay. Important. So it's ten point one yards and it's the highest of all starting quarterback quarterbacks through week two.
2: Yeah, those are good stats. I mean, hold on. So let's let's be careful here because he's, I think, right now exceeding how good you know, his efficiency. Yeah. A- absolutely So, is. Yeah, so now th- this isn't gonna Again, keep I will go back
0: to what I said last week. Let's see this against a top tier defense, which they're going to get a chance to do over the next six weeks. And we'll talk about that a little bit as we look forward. I want to kind of look forward at some of these games. Obviously, the, the Broncos go up against the Jets here this week. And, you know, I don't want to ever just check one off, but. I mean, come on, guys. It's the Jets, right? I mean, we th- this would should be if there's a game on their schedule, we should be able to look past a little bit oh, at least yeah. as fans. Hey,
1: we're fans. We're not. We're not players. Right. We can. We can go all out. Broncos yeah. winning this week. Yeah, you already so, hear first. Beyond no, that, though, sort of there are <laughs> Zach our, Wilson is a, is a joke. Okay, I mean, he's bad. I, I, I,
0: let's let's just, not. Let's oh. cool it on the Zach Wilson. Looked, hate. He has looked bad. No, uh, okay, real yeah, quick. Okay. On, on that note, though, you look at Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, and tell me those aren't two of the best examples you've seen in recent years where they fell to either the absolute right situation in Mac Jones's you know circumstance or possibly the worst possible <laughs> scenario
2: for for Jets, Zach Wilson Jets, Jets, Jets. I
0: mean man they fall with 20 other
2: teams and they probably have completely different outcomes that's why I said he should have pulled the Elway, Eli Manning said I'm not going to go play there for Robert I would Sala, never. I'm a quarterback. Was...
0: I would never want yeah. to play for the Jets. They're a joke. I Look totally at agree. They, I mean, all the way back
2: to to the Namath era, that they've been a joke. But actually, what's what's interesting is, is the stat Connor brought up earlier: the average depth of target. Mac Jones right now, I think he's third last in the NFL with 3.1 yards per target. Mm. And so what they're doing, they're, they're easing him into the system. And so the question is, and this is kind of a debate, would you rather have the approach of easing Mac Jones into where he looks really good and they're producing, or would you have the Trevor Lawrence approach where he's throwing 9.1 yards downfield, he's making his mistakes, he's going to take his lumps, but his progression may happen faster?
1: Yeah, you know what? It's a good question. I, I think... You know that's a good question, and I don't know if there's necessarily a right answer to it. Obviously, Bill Belichick wants to go the other route, so okay. I, you know, hey, when in doubt, I'm going to go with Bill Belichick's logic. Yeah, so. I mean, there,
0: you can't really go wrong there. But what I'll say to that is, you you probably have a higher percentage of quarterbacks that turn out to at least look successful in the Belichick Mac Jones approach, mm-hmm. whereas the best of the best are going to really exceed. And I look at a guy like Deshaun Watson that was kind of thrown to the wolves as a young quarterback, and he thrived through it, and he really became the quarterback he is almost in spite of the situation he was put in. Not everyone could do that, though, and I I think there's that kind of like you throw him to the wolves mentality, and and a lot of guys don't handle that and can't handle that.
1: Yeah, uh, can I just say uh, I, I know we're going to get back to the Broncos a little bit, talking about that game uh, and their season outlook. But uh, can I just say that Trevor Lawrence um, looks pretty good to me. Yeah. I mean, he looks. There's a lot of things that I think you watch that quarterback. You you take from his, you know, from what I watched on Sunday that were like, wow. I mean, he has some real talent. I mean that that throw on that first touchdown was spot on. It was amazing, and the, and the way that he is able to. I mean, he seems. Sometimes you see rookie quarterbacks and they get phased by the pressure, right? I mean, like it's just human nature, right? You get a a 270-pound defensive end flying off the edge towards you, right? You're going to flinch a little bit. I saw Trevor Lawrence step right up into the pocket, right in the face of Von Miller, right at him several times and just stay in there, make a really good throw downfield. And so... I don't know. Hey, I I, uh, I see where the hype is coming from is all I got to say about mm-hmm. that, but it's good. He was that the Bronx- number one overall pick for a reason. Well, right. and, and what I'll say for Trevor
0: Lawrence is he looks to me like a quarterback that for the first time in his career, he isn't just the best guy on the field. And right. he's for the first time realizing what it's like to play against other guys at his caliber. And that's not to say that he still isn't, you know, doesn't have the potential of being an elite quarterback, but you're seeing it like you know the mental mistakes, some of those things where, oh boy, like he's actually got to work through it. So it, the talent's there; you can absolutely see it, but you could definitely tell it's going to take him a little bit of time to be that. You know, uh, you know, have that potential to truly be elite. I don't think he's right. going to just jump right in and take this league by storm, as yeah. many people thought. He
2: Lawrence, would. yeah, okay. Lawrence. Hey, so uh, Connor and I have a bet that <laughs> Trevor Lawrence will. I have under zero point five Super Bowl wins. Uh, Connor has over zero point five. I'm just hoping he gets so, traded out of okay. Jacksonville. So at you guys, some point. you guys
0: put that on Trevor Lawrence. But ultimately, what that comes down to, and obviously, this is assuming he stays with the Jags. That's an organizational no, thing. See, yeah, see I'm, exactly. I'm hoping he gets
2: traded out of Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, that's, you, that's you a, don't that's want awesome him to stay <laughs> <in Jacksonville. laughs> Yeah, but hey, if Jacksonville's doing what they're doing, they should keep him. But nah. either way, well, uh, see, here's
1: what's great about that bet from my perspective. See, if they win in you know four or five years or whatever, Wallie's got to pay up. I, he might, I have to have wait maybe 20 years or so until I have to pay Walter. <laughs> until I pay Tyler <laughs> over. So, very true. So, yes. hey, it's uh, I see only upside here. Yeah. Uh, anyways, back hey, back. getting back to the Broncos a little bit. Uh, I want to get to you, Jared. Just... Perceptions. What what stood out to you about the? I know we talked a little bit about Teddy Bridgewater. We talked a little bit about these injuries. Uh, what else did you did you see from the Broncos? What do you like? Uh, maybe some concerns, anything of, of that nature?
0: Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I was not overly impressed with this game. Um, it was it was too close. It was kept, you know, you know, close the whole time. So you don't have to see that defensively. They're strong. They look really good in the secondary, particularly even down Ronald Darby. You know, Patrick Chatan had a little bit of up-and-down game, but he makes the big play with the interception, and you see why the Broncos are so high on him, and he he made a great play there. Um, So defensively overall, Pretty happy with what you saw. They had that one drive, opening drive, and then the kick return. Um, So that's the only other touchdown. So you feel really good about the defense. But the running game to me is something that I'm a little concerned about, you know, and and I don't have the exact stats in front of me. But if you take away that 70-yard touchdown run from Melvin Gordon, which, hey, it's easy to say if you take away the best play of the year, it, the, the the running game doesn't look good. But they haven't been strong. They haven't looked good. They really missed Graham Glasgow this week. I, it's something that stood out to me.
1: Yeah, no, no, I think that's good. Uh, one, I, you know, I, Sertan obviously looked really good in in his role. One play specifically that I I loved watching. Right, it wasn't even the interception play. Uh, you go back in, in, in the first quarter. He had just gotten there. Two, he'd given up two receptions. Right, um, and so there was a uh, two receptions and the, and the announcer even goes, Hey, they're I think it was Jay Feely saying, Hey, they're, they're picking on the, Ooh, I got to throw <laughs> out
0: some props. Jay Feely's not bad as an not not bad for a no, kicker, it, man. Yeah. I'll take it. Not
1: bad. So, uh, you know, they did uh, uh, even mention, Hey, they're, they're going after the rookie and, and almost right on cue. When he said that uh, Broncos throw out a dime package, it was a third down. And so they're playing, you know, zone and, made an excellent read. Pastor Tan made an excellent read going outside. He read the quarterback's eyes and he made a really quick motion. I forget who the receiver is, but he goes out, rips the ball away from him. And the guy goes, Oh, and Sertan's in the area. And you know, he's kind of, I mean, that, that was the moment that I saw that I was like, Hey, This guy is it, dude. He he has that potential because not many players can be, you know, not not many players have the closing speed of being able to close, you know, 15 yards, 10 yards of distance away from the ball just like that,
2: right? So that was pretty impressive to me. Um, You were gonna say something, Tyler? Well, I just have a couple things that stood out, you know, answering your question about the game. Uh, It was the usage and production of a couple players on offense. So Cortland Sutton, you know, 12, we mentioned, you know, how much he was used earlier. 12 targets to Sutton. Next player was Noah Fant with six. So obviously, Sutton's getting a lot of those looks, a lot of action in the offense, and he had nine catches to go for 160 yards. So he's producing with it. In the rushing game, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both got 13 carries. However, Javante Williams dov- doubled Melvin Gordon's uh, 33 yards. more yards, huh? Exactly. 64 yards to 31, and his long was only 16, so he didn't get some huge run in there that skewed the stats. So, Javante Williams producing early. A good sign for uh, the Broncos, because we expect Melvin to come on late. That's what he's done in his career generally every season. So, I think this is good news for the Russian game. I, th- I, I, know I you think, think if you Melvin doesn't,
0: doesn't get going though, he's not going to get his chance to come on late. I think he's going to get overtaken as the lead back if he doesn't kind of produce as an early I mean that's what you hope for as a Broncos fan you you take a guy in Javante Williams in the second round I mean that's what you're hoping for yeah, this is a guy hey, that I mean, should be taking over week four week five week six this should be the guy that we're starting to turn to hopefully now because he's, he's
2: but wasn't there the so production. much Melvin Gordon hype wasn't there a bunch of hype, or is that just a couple weeks on Twitter that I paid attention to?
1: I mean, I think there's, I think there was hype for this run game. I think people like both of these options, mm-hmm. uh, and and yeah, Melvin Gordon. I mean, hey, cut his hair, right? Looking, looking real. Uh, I don't like it. You know, I don't like it. We're <laughs> looking real different. I don't know. It popped looking though, right? Different. He he snagged some headlines with it, right? But obviously, uh, all the reports coming out of training camp was that he was looking really good. Um, people were excited to see what he could do. I think I agree with you, Tyler, and and maybe this isn't what you're saying, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. I watched through these first two weeks, it seems pretty apparent to me that Javante Williams is the more explosive back. He has a little bit more and I know people are gonna say, you know, week one, Melvin Gordon had that seventy two yard run or whatever it was, right? Which is great. I mean Melvin Gordon it's good to have a, a another Back that can do that, right? Right. But just generally speaking, on every other carry throughout these first two games, it just seems like Javante Williams has a little bit more. He's a little quicker, a little bit, a little more wiggle, wiggle. No, I, I
2: agree. I mean, I
0: had a, I had a strategy in fantasy going in, that I thought, man, Melvin Gordon, you're grabbing him late, and my hopes was that he's going to put up huge numbers first three or four weeks and then you can parlay that into a trade in my mind kind of knowing javante Williams jared's always playing a long game over always playing the you meta know. game
1: how'd that strategy work out for you well uh,
0: week one it <laughs> looked great i'm like sweet this is per- this is exactly what i need because everyone looks on that sheet you know three weeks down the road they all forget it was one 70 yard run they see a 100 yards and a touchdown they're like, like i never wow. forget jared I know, I know. I shouldn't <laughs> say this because I have people that listen that are in our league. These two guys are, in our league. but I do know that uh, you know. I, I don't think you guys that's are going to be trading for uh, for him right there.
1: Now I see, and this might be maybe maybe it's not really that hot of a take, but uh, I would love to see the Broncos. Is this starting? Is this going to
2: this gonna be an unpopular take potentially? I don't know. Maybe hey, maybe I, I can have producer you, Nick intro you here. You,
0: well, I mean, you, I know that's probably not a popular opinion. Go well, ahead.
2: Uh,
1: but, well, we don't know if Nick would think it yet. You got to listen to it. And then you got to tell me if Nick thinks... Speaking of putting words in people's mouths, yeah, Right. Not, right? Yeah. Hey, All right.
2: producer Nick, is it okay if we keep doing this with your voice? Yes. Okay. Right. We're okay. Right, hey, we're
1: good. Yeah. Uh, so, I, what I would like to see the Broncos do, starting week three. I, I mean, I want to see this starting now. I would love to see Javante Williams move towards a... A more traditional first and second down back type role. Put Melvin Gordon in there on third downs. I think Melvin Gordon for one of his strengths that he's shown so far through the season, he's he's looked pretty good in the passing game. They've lined him out uh, in multiple positions. They've lined him out wide. They've lined, he's gone out for a lot of routes behind from the line of scrimmage. He was always known as a good pass and catcher and he when always, he was with the, the right. Chargers. And I know last year he didn't have such a great year in that regard. But I mean, the Broncos were a mess last year. Neither here nor there. I would love to see starting week three get Javante Williams into those first and second down runs and then I would love to see Melvin Gordon be more of that traditional third down back I know we're paying the man $8 million. Yeah, give him the, the, <laughs> uh, the pseudo
0: start. If you want to run him out there on the first play, fine.
1: Right, but, right, fine. And, hey, you, when Javante needs a breather, right, like maybe he has yeah. two consecutive carries in a row or something. And, and, and honestly, gets you down. mentioned
0: you mentioned the contract. To me, more importantly, is you don't typically take a second-round pick on a running back. So the value no, you put no, into Javante point. Williams, uh, screw the contract. That that What's done is done. You invested in this guy this year. You believe in him if he's productive. Let him be your guy.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think one, one last thing I want to say on the, on the running game. Um, obviously, you know, Nateen Muti is, is in there for Graham Glasgow. And I was watching it in real time live, and I just kept noticing on, on pass protection, he was getting beat. I mean, he was flat out getting beat by Pat. Pat. And Teddy, to his credit, was doing a really good job of working within the pocket, running away from that pressure, rolling out when he needed to, right? Kind of what we've seen these first two games with Teddy. So he kind of mitigated some of that that you you saw. But I saw him get beat, just flat out beat on pass pro. And I was actually talking to one of my buddies who uh, watches the coaches film. Um, he has, he has access like wow, to the, the all 22. That's like the, dedication right, right. From right the, there. from like the NFL Sunday ticket, I believe is where, where he gets yeah, it from. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, he's watching that coach's film. But is it the all 22? Do you know? Or is I couldn't it, tell you off yeah, the top okay. of my head, but I know he was spotlighting on, on Moody. He wanted to see, Hey, like, cause he was like, Hey, I think he's doing okay in the run game. Right. And he, he actually texted me today and goes, I was watching Moody in the coach's film. He was getting beat at the point of attack almost every single time consistently in the run game. So uh, I think you know, it might be, and I know, hey, we got the we got a, a an actual handicapper here in studio with with producer Tyler over here. Uh, so I know that he will tell me that you know, not very many players are actually worth that many points uh, relative to the line. but I think, you know, it might be, yeah, it, some people might not realize how much of a difference that made having Graham Glasgow out of there. Who I, I believe uh, after first week was like in the like twenty fifth, thirtieth range. Uh, pro Football Focus rated guards. Um, so I think you know, I think that was a downgrade. And and I'm really just hoping that the Broncos can get Glasgow back uh, for his health too. As we said, I mean, hopefully he's okay. And, and you kind of mentioned
2: the
0: hopes as he is back. Is there any word? Is he practicing? Do you know this week or?
1: I you see. I, I don't know. I don't think he has practiced yet. I could be wrong. I don't think okay. he's practiced yet, but I think that they are hopeful that he he will be back for next week
0: on the note of injuries. Uh, one that obviously stood out if you're watching this game is, you know, Bradley Chubb makes his season debut and it wasn't long before he's uh, leaving the field very frustrated and it turns out to be that same ankle uh, that he tweaked and in, I, the,
1: in the preseason. Right from camp. from what had been yes it, what what kept him out of week 1 Right but but the diff just to clarify it was the so, it's his right ankle. His left ankle was last year what he what he missed injury with. So, it is the different ankle from last is year. Is that
0: better? I think that's actually worse. So, we're, now we got yeah. both ankles are a problem. Um, I'm concerned. Not only concerned for this year and how this is going to uh, affect Bradley Chubb. Honestly, I mean, hey, coaches are going to be coaches. Trainers are trainers. I'm not a pro at that. I'm not going to tell them how to do their job. But it seems pretty obvious he should not have been on the field this week, and you know to, to to put a guy out there for for what? I mean, let's be honest. It's the Jags next week. It's the Jets. I mean, let him sit out a couple weeks well, and get healthy
2: because so me, now
1: how is this going to impact him going forward? I, I got to stop here there, Jared, just for a second. And I'm no doctor, right? This is only off of other. Doc- I'm, re, I'm I'm relaying information from doctors to you that I have read on, on online on on different articles. So, WebMD, right, right. folks. No, so so now we have. Um, We do have... I don't think we mentioned it. We do now... Coming today on Tuesday, we got information that Bradley Chubb will be undergoing surgery on the ankle to remove bone spurs. Okay? So he's removing bone spurs from that ankle. And he's going to be out like a minimum of a few weeks. Okay? Uh, Now, bone spurs... Are, are definitely from trauma. It's it's a trauma... the
2: things you have on the side of your boots, right? That is spurs. Okay. Oh, okay. Very, very close, mm. right? These okay. are, these are Think spurs. Think about That's what that that on only 11.
1: grinding within your bones. <sighs> so, essentially, uh, this is my understanding of it, is uh, he knew that he was dealing with bone spurs issue, which by the way was in his left ankle his other ankle last year he had this same surgery in his left ankle last year they're not related they're not any sort of genetic hereditary thing it's all from trauma it's like Steph Curry so uh so anyways he had the bone spurs okay and basically it's one of those things like hey you can wait. You don't need to go get surgery right now, but this is not gonna get better ever. You you could read so so to your point, Jared, of send him out a couple weeks, he'll be better. Like that's not gonna work that way. And and they consulted, you know, an orthopedic surgeon who had told them basically what I just relayed to you is that hey you can sit, and and that's what he did. He sat for a week to kind of calm it down a little bit, right? Reduce some of the inflammation, so, yeah, swelling, the inflammation flare up. But yeah. but then at, at a certain point, it's like, hey, that's as good as it's, uh, it's going to get. And if you listen to Bradley Chubb talk today, uh, uh, I think I don't know if he met the press or if it was just released on the Broncos website, but he uh, he made a statement today. Uh, on camera about the injury. And he said that, you know, it's just one of those things. He was hoping that he could have battled through it this season, but he got on the field and he just would try and change direction. It would just shoot a stabbing pain right through him. And he realized that there's no way he can take that rehab route and still perform this year. So that's when they elected. Now, I, I think it's fair. You could say, Hey, you knew about these bone spurs last week or the week before. Why didn't you just make the decision to miss the first three, four weeks of the season? Right? I mean, that's, that's fair sure, enough. Sure, and,
0: and again, that's where I'm going to let doctors be doctors right, and right. make those decisions. Now, my question to you then, Connor, is what level of concern do you have, not just about him and his future this season with the Broncos. We're obviously really looking forward to, to seeing Chubb and Von Miller both on the same field, which we've rarely seen since drafting Chubb. But not only just that, but for his future and his career in the NFL. How concerned are you?
1: Uh y- y- you got to be somewhat concerned um uh, so the Broncos picked up Chubb's fifth-year option earlier this year, so he is on con- in, uh, under contract with the Broncos through next year, through next season. So obviously, you get that season, you know, to let this play out. You'll probably get, you know, a good half of this season plus next season, hopefully, to kind of see let it play out. They're going to be facing a really tough decision at the end of next season uh, on whether or not to pay him and, and or move on from him. Right? In terms of my level of concern. It's one of those things, right? Philosophically. So are you somebody, Jared? I'm asking you this. Are you somebody... Who believes in the idea of somebody being injury prone, where like, or or do you think it's much more bad luck? Because I will give you my answer first and then I want your answer. Okay. I think it's more on the line of bad luck. I mean, it's one thing if, okay, you get a you get a knee injury, right? And you get that same knee injury like a year later, and then the same knee injury a year later, and it's like, okay, obviously that one injury, you're just not getting past, right? You're putting too much strain on your body. But when it's something like Bradley Chubb, he's getting a knee injury and then a right ankle yeah. and then a left ankle ankle. To me, that speaks more to just bad luck. I mean it's football's a physical game. I think there uh there's
0: a little bit of both in, in play there. I, I would say uh ninety percent of the time I'm there with you and I agree that it's it's bad luck. I'll point to a guy like Jadavian Clowney who had a ton of injury issues through the first three or four years of his career and really has not had those same issues later on in his career, has been very productive, got himself paid pretty well a couple of times. Um, But there are certainly a level of certain guys, and it's usually sort of what you just pointed to there, where uh, lower body leg injuries are concerning and particularly at certain positions, right? Edge rusher, wide receiver, running back positions that require you to make quick cuts, hard cuts using ligaments, you know, joints, all those things. So you start to pile up those injuries and that leads to arthritis, more and more surgeries. You have more and more arthritis. You start to get, that's where it starts to concern. Look at, me. Look at us. I'll play doctor today. Shorten, We're all doctors. No, no, I'm just a very poorly put together man. And at 31 <laughs> years old, I'm dealing He's with arthritis. So <laughs> I absolutely understand that, that like, You'd never fully get back to that same feeling, and so it concerns me that eight years into his career, he may hit a wall because his body is a
2: lot older. Now, no what that. say you, Tyler, about the whole concept of an injury prone, no, prone player? I think it's so much about style of play. Okay. I look at a quarterback like Carson Wentz. Maybe he's injury-prone, maybe he's not, but it's the style of play. And a player like Cam Newton can afford to play like that. Now, he's been hurt before, right? But I think that Carson Wentz, the way he plays, of course he's going to be injury-prone. He plays crazy. He's reckless. He's all over the place. So you may say, yes, it's Carson Wentz. You may say it's his play style. Let's look at D-End. J.J. Watt. Dude's look build like a tank, okay? Is he injury-prone, or is it his style of play that he never doesn't go 100%. So I don't think it's necessarily injury-prone, body type, things like that. I think it's purely style of play. And some guys, they've got to the NFL playing that style. So it's like, so you just turn it off. So you don't like, even
1: think luck plays a significant role? No,
2: no. I think actually luck is not... I think it's this very predictable. Okay. I think that if you get a player who goes all out, like J.J. Watt, who says, I go 100% every play, and he goes in the weight room, and he goes all over. That's good, right? That's what got him to the NFL, what got him paid, millionaire, However, that's also his downfall in terms of injuries. So I think style of play has a lot to do with it.
1: Okay, I think I, I uh, will. I'll, I'll take your point. I think style of play is a factor that I we didn't even discuss. I think you are dead wrong about luck being a significant factor because I absolutely
2: think yeah.
1: when guys are flying around, I think it's the biggest factor by far.
2: I'm not um, saying luck doesn't happen in injuries, but how often has Tom Brady been injured? Once well, in his I, career, I think quarterbacks is that aren't luck a great or is that not luck? I mean, see, I disagree. With quarterbacks, you that quarterbacks actually are the prime because look example. At, I okay. mean, you, you brought the up running quarterback. You yeah, brought up Cam Newton. Right. Look at a
0: guy like Ben Roethlisberger, a guy that never lets the play die, and he's constantly battling injuries yeah. year after year after year. And so, I, I actually think there's something to that. Uh, a guy like a Russell Wilson that's okay. very elusive, but so the reason never getting. But hit. the reason
1: I said that I don't think quarterbacks a great example for this, like an apples to oranges type comparison. is is because in my mind, quarterbacks. Yes, that is a huge thing, right? Because it's a, such a big difference between a quarterback like a Cam Newton or a or a you know a Tom Brady, right? Like you said, like one of them is going to obviously have a longer career. I mean, statistically, right? Uh, when you're dealing with with outside uh, line, let's just call them edge rushers, when you're dealing with edge rushers in the NFL, I would argue that there's. Not a single NFL edge rusher that doesn't go 100% like every play. I mean, it is a rough no, job. No, but it's not. It's, not, it's about, not like that. It's not
2: as different. I shouldn't have probably use the phrase going 100%, but it's the idea of J.J. Watt going you guys have seen a spinal tap, right? turn the, the, turning it to 11. Does it does the does the knob go past 10? Does it go to 11? That, to me, is how J.J. Watt played. It was always... And I don't think NFL players play 100%. I think that's a total misnomer. I think players take plays off all the time, and I would actually... I, I, well, I, it's I, I almost, bet on that. There, there, there's and, even some
0: strategy don't. to that as a player where when you're not going 100% every play, then when you do, that left tackle's not ready for you. You're, you're telling me...
2: Edge. Second and two from the uh, two-yard line when they're running it in is the same as third and 10 when you know it's a passing down on their own 10-yard line. No. Third and 10. Of not. Di- and obviously, yeah. it's a different technique, different situation. I guess my point doesn't even really isn't relevant there because it's a whole different well, situation. we're really that talking about Bradley Norges. Chubb right now. Do yeah, you really right, think right. Bradley
1: Wait. Chubb Wait. is the type of player that is that's what's causing his injury? I mean, he got injured in training camp. I'm just like, saying
2: so. overwhelmingly, even no, receivers. But, but it's
0: things like that. The bone spurs. And and for anyone out there that's dealt with bone spurs I myself have, it's basically your bones are grinding. You're grinding down cartilage, which then leads to no cartilage, which leads to arthritis, which leads to a body in your mid to late 30s falling apart, especially a 276-pound frame that is ultimately not intended to be on the body that it's on and that right. athletic and that... That's what happens to a lot of these guys. And, I, and, hey, you know what? I hope for Bradley Chubb's sake that this is... It's not like a math equation where, hey, this happens, it leads to this. There's been plenty of guys who have gone through situations like Bradley Chubb is going through, have gotten through that early on in their career, and then moved on to great careers. So it's, there's nothing to say that he won't get through this but it absolutely concerns me in his now fourth season. Is Am I right with yeah, that? Yes, fourth, fourth season, season. We're dealing with the third
1: different injury in his lower body. It, it is concerning, and I think it's, uh, you know, hey, we're all disappointed. We, we have been sold this bag of goods that we're going to have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb coming off the edge, and it just hasn't happened outside of, you know, that one season. So, um, hey, uh, I want to ask, before we move off the Broncos, I do want to just move to Josie Jewell, who is another injury we didn't mention. Okay,
0: but before we even talk well, oh, just, I oh, okay. want to give some reverse advice in the reverse. No, I want to give some advice <laughs> out there. Any NFL players if you're listening to this podcast, but also just everyone in general. It's a new philosophy I've taken to life, okay? It's uh, a friend of mine said this to me. Give it 100%, you burn out, okay? Give 80% all the time. That's my advice to everyone out there. I give 80% <laughs> all the time.
1: Dr. Phil over here. We got. We got Dr. Well, Phil, yeah, that's dude. very zen. Uh, I don't. But, I mean, I am not here to debate the philosophy. Eighty percent all life. the time. It just doesn't sound what is, what is, right. What does
2: producer Nick think about that? Producer Nick thinks uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh,
0: but as you mentioned, Connor Bradley Chubb, not the only one that went out with an injury on Sunday, and frankly, not the most concerning, at least for this year, as I understand with. Uh, Josie, Josie Jewel. Jeez. Yep. I just froze on it with Josie Jewel. Uh, talk to us about what, what came out of yeah, his it was, it was a,
1: special teams tackle. Punk, yeah. Deal. Punk coverage. It was a nice, uh, nice hit. It wasn't. It was hit. a nice hit. Uh, you know, Josie, Josie Jewel. And playing. I saw
0: the hit and he's been playing pretty well, but I saw it and I was like, that's where he belongs in the NFL. He would be so good if that's his main focus.
1: Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, that's funny. You say that. Cause I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually critical of the Broncos decision to put their. I mean, Hey, if I you agree. look at this defense, okay, I, I get it. Okay. The Broncos special teams is not good enough to not play starters. Well, it's still it wasn't good. They let up a kick return touchdown. No. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, uh, and starters do. Play play on special teams right that does happen it's not like the broncos are the only team in the nfl that are playing a starter on special teams now when it comes to the broncos i would argue that josie jewell and and the position of middle of inside linebacker is arguably the weakest position you have on this defense uh, on this especially defense. from a depth standpoint right, that's I, yeah exactly especially from a depth standpoint so um no, he. I mean, he goes down. You hate to see it. He's, he's going to be gone. And they're t- expecting torn pectoral. Tor- is that what I yep, saw? Yep, torn pectoral. Uh, pectoral. Yes.
2: You have to have. You know them those things that you don't have. <laughs> as, as they find. <laughs> Tyler, what what it about the pec. Yeah. Is it called the pec?
1: I, no, I think that is, I think so. I mean, yeah, hey, I'm yeah. no, I'm not an anatomy expert, yeah. but uh, that's what I'm thinking. Well. Um. So hey, you hate to see it. He's expected. It's what it's what fit people have instead of man boobs. Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. Boobs. <laughs> well, don't ask any of us about that. Uh, no, you know, you hate to see it. He's expected to be out the rest of the year. Um,
0: Is there any chance he's coming back? I hear that, and I'm like, that's a done deal, right? There, there's no there's no coming back in, in a season from a torn pectoral. I, I figure that. That sounds so I think painful. That, oh, I think that's one of those you'd find you don't realize how many motions use oh. your pec. Like I, I think you would absolutely find that be the one of the worst muscles, to, especially if it's your dominant side. You know where you would write, where you would use a, you know, a spoon or oh, it just sounds terrible.
1: And so now, uh, now the Broncos are going to have to rely on their depth, which is non-existent at the inside linebacker. I I believe they have Justin Strnad coming coming in. uh, He's the first man up. Yeah, and then who's
0: the rookie that they drafted out of Ohio State? Browning. Browning.
1: Yeah. Hey guess what? You're going to get some snaps on the first team, buddy. Like, I hope you're ready to go. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I don't know that much about Justin Stranod. Um, you know, and I, am as our listeners probably know, and I know you guys give me grief about, it, I'm not a huge college football guy. So, uh, I, I kind of start watching film and like, I start watching highlights more like it when they're coming into the draft. And I, you know, I'll go look at a player and I'll go watch 10 minute YouTube videos about, uh, just watching these guys best plays. And so I don't really don't know much about Justin Stranod. Any, anyone got anything on him? I mean, <laughs> I know he's a it, pass cut. He's he's he touted is, as a as a fast. What I will
0: say as a prospect, he's the anti Josie Jewel. Okay? Yeah, yeah, he's raw. He has a lot of athleticism. He has a lot of versatility. He's a guy that spent some time as an edge rusher in college as well. So he has a lot of versatility, but he does not have the experience on the field to back it up, whereas that's what Josie Jewell brought in coming from college. I think he was a three- or four-year starter at Iowa. He had the big-time game experience, but truly lacks the athleticism. So there's a certain level that if Justin Stranach can put it all together, I mean – when he this, played, this he, could be an improvement in their starting lineup because it, it gives them more of that coverage athletic linebacker that they're sort of missing when Josie June now he the did field.
1: he did play uh pretty well in the in the preseason games he played he played really well actually I will I will say that and uh, I thought
0: he flashed in Sunday's game against the Jags once he was on the field I thought he was around the ball a lot I thought he was making good plays he didn't stand out to me of like oh my god you just blew that you know so I think that's big for a guy filling in no, in that spot now he's got a whole week to prepare and, and I'm going
1: to be interested to see because I, I know that he has touted, like you said, Jared, as, a, as an athletic um, guy that can really move line to line, right? He can, he can move lateral movement is great. Uh, he was touted as being somebody that could really, if he reached his potential, be a really good pass defender from the linebacker position. Um, so I, I'm curious to see you know where that comes from. My concern is, is Josie Jewell was... He was looking pretty good uh, this year, actually. To be honest with you, I was he surprised was, yeah. with Josie Jewel. I don't Jewell. think either of us.
0: I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I don't think either of us were very high on Josie Jewell coming into the season. Yeah, man, I thought he was just like
1: you know, he's, uh, he's but a he starter. He had performed an well, and 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 had looked good. So and he was their uh, dime linebacker. And so I'm really curious to see uh, in the dime package when when they put out Strnad in there, can he handle the the run coverage on those you know those draws and stuff that you get in that dime and coverage?
0: That will be the concern when it comes to Strnad being in there is can he hold up at any level comparable to Josie Jewell in the run because that was where Josie Jewell was very good very successful for the Broncos
1: now what about Baron Browning anyone got his college uh Profile here? Uh, You know, he's not
0: a guy that honestly played a ton at Ohio State. He, I mean, he got a lot of talent at Ohio State, so even their backups are getting drafted half the time. So, again, similar to Stranod, Browning played actually more edge, more outside linebacker for uh, the the Buckeyes uh, in college the Broncos saw his athleticism. I don't think he has quite the length to be an edge guy. That's why I think they're moving him into the middle, but he's a project. And where Srinod has that year under his belt with with an NFL team, learning the position, learning what he's doing, uh, Browning does not. And he even missed some time in, in camp being injured. So... I think you should be a little bit concerned if Browning is spending too much time on the field because I don't know that he's quite ready for that moment. We'll see. I mean, obviously you don't know if the guy gets on the field, but I don't know that you saw him much even in the preseason.
1: All right. Yeah. No. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, it'll be, <clears throat> excuse me, it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos do moving forward. Uh, what do we got, Jared? Uh, I, I know we got the Jets coming in next week, home opener. We talked about that. Uh, let's let's take a little bit of a look because I think the Broncos now are going to hit this stretch of schedule where hey we've been talking about it's time to to have a little competition. I mean it's time to uh, face an elite defense, right? It's time to face a, one of these better teams and kind of a litmus test for these Broncos. Sure. So what, do, what do we got on the plate? Yeah, so for the Broncos
0: kind of got that extended preseason. Their first three games being the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. I mean you cannot hope for a, an easier slate of games to start out the year. After that. Things change. You hit October, October 3rd, the Sunday, which is the week after this Jets game. Broncos host the Ravens, and then the following week, they go at Pittsburgh Steelers, they host the Raiders, and then they go at Cleveland um, on the 21st, which is a Thursday night game. I I see two wins there. And they end October with the Washington football team at home, which... Say what you will, but uh, it's a three solid wins. <laughs> That's three hey, wins. That's on, three out of five wins. five games in October.
1: <clears throat> hang on. I'm not going to let Tyler get off the hook by just throwing out an <laughs> arbitrary two wins there. Which two are those? Are the wins there?
2: Will you read them back, Jared? I'll go kay. win, loss, win,
0: Ravens, loss. at Steelers, Raiders, at Browns, uh, football team.
2: Ravens, loss, unfortunately, close loss. At Steelers, win, uh what's the one after that that's the other Raiders one. at home Raiders at home we will be Raiders at home even though the Raiders are looking good this year uh we beat the Raiders at home and then we'll lose the fourth one Jared uh at Cleveland. Cleveland Browns listen to me talking like yeah they will, uh, Cleveland and then the fifth game I think we have a win so yeah I got three and two in those five in that five game stretch okay Hey, it's going to be good to see,
1: uh, see what these Broncos can do with, with a little bit of a, Hey, So
2: I, three and two would put you at six and two. Yeah, and look, eight that, games. that game against Baltimore is going to be close. And here's the thing. Everyone listening to the pod right now is going to say, yeah, Baltimore, because they look great. on primetime TV last week. This That's is the same I, team that just lost to the Raiders. The see, week exactly. Before. So it's up and absolutely down every blew week. That game. Yeah. Everyone always overreacts to Sunday night, Monday night football. So I think the Broncos are going to give the Ravens a, a, a good matchup that night.
1: Well, Hey, and, uh, the parody in the NFL is pretty ridiculous right now, too. I believe there are only two undefeated teams, two 2-0 teams in the AFC right now. That would be okay. your first place, Denver Broncos.
2: There we go. Woo-woo!
1: And
0: the... Uh, Tied with who I predicted would dominate the AFC yeah, yeah. West, right? <laughs> the Oakland
1: Raiders. The Oakland yeah, Raiders.
0: Let's just skip uh, past that one. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not going to go there yet, though. We're I still not giving believe, a maritime. time, I Jared. still believe this is a very bad team, and they will start looking that way later thank in this you. season. Thank you, thank
1: you. Okay. A true Broncos I will form.
0: stand by that. Uh, but, Connor, what say you to that five-game stretch? Tyler's got us going three and two through that. What do you think? And I'm not I'm not saying I need to pin you to a wins and losses. Maybe I will. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but how do you feel coming out of that stretch? I mean, going into it, do you think you feel good about the Broncos coming out of that?
1: Ah, uh, hey, I'd like, I like to feel good. At this point, I kind of feel a little bit like a whipped dog, you know, that's just been beat so much into submission to where I can't feel good about these Broncos. I, I do, though. I do despite the despite being beat down over and over again I do feel good about these Broncos I cannot help myself I am excited I still think they're gonna have trouble beating the Ravens I think they're gonna have trouble beating the Steelers and I think they're gonna have trouble beating the Browns I think maybe you find a way to get one win out of those maybe um, and I do think you I do think they, they take care of Oakland at home. Um, so, and what's what's the one I'm missing on that? Oh, the football team. Yeah, uh, I think they can take care of the football team too. So, I'm thinking they are two and three with the possibility of being three and two, maybe. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna say right
0: now, I think that swing is gonna be very impactful on their season, right? Because this is a team. I mean, I think what what do we think we need to get to? Again, keeping in mind this is a 17 game season this year. I mean, do we
2: think? Um, eleven and six. Do we think ten and s- ten and seven? But, and also remember the new rules from last year. So there's only one bye week for one team, an extra wild card team too. So now seven teams get in from the AFC. Yeah, so extra one game. extra team. But so um, do we think? Do we top. think
0: eleven wins is what it takes for the Broncos to no, feel uh, good no. about being in the playoffs Or do you think
1: a 10, 10 and seven teams getting in? Oh, hey, I think a ten and seven teams getting in. Yes. Yeah, I think, I it's think especially 10 the wins way, is way things are starting right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think ten wins gets you in. And hey, at this point, man. Uh, Beggars can't be choosers, right? <laughs> that, that's what they say. And so we cannot, if, if the Broncos get into the playoffs, I, I'm going to be happy. You know, r- throw everything else out that I've ever said about what I want for oh, the Broncos' future. I will still be happy when we are in the playoffs. So, yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So here's today. the thing the AFC West, I think they're going to be very pedestrian this year. Okay. So I don't see, do we all have the Bills winning the, or excuse me, the East? Do we have the, all the Bills winning the East? Buffalo or y- Dolphins y- Patriots Jets yeah I mean I could see it's the gonna Patriots be the Bills, and the Patriots, be the Bills right? so it's gonna yeah. be Bills be Patriots one two let's just not even spend time on that just one two right who cares okay so those two in the uh, let's skip the West the North obviously Baltimore uh, the Bill or the uh, Browns And then that's pretty much it, right? Steelers maybe. I think we all the Steelers probably 9 and 8, 10 and 7, maybe. I think that first game was a little bit of a fluke. I'm a little higher on
1: the Steelers. Okay. Okay. I'm a little bit higher on the Steelers. I I think, hey, it takes – say what you will about the Steelers – I know they ended the year last year on a five game losing streak and just completely shot themselves team in the last foot. Year. Fluke. Yeah, but you know what? I don't there, there's nothing fluky about winning 13 games in a row in the NFL.
2: Well, that's true. I mean when they were healthy
1: they did win. They won 13 games in a row. Started off 13-0. I am not going to just count them out. the way out, their season ended is am not going to count them out. But either, you won't get me to do it. Either right. way, the,
2: the North is the X factor. Because if sure. three of those teams get 10, wins. They could 11 be wins. in the playoffs, three of those Exactly. Teams. So the North's the X factor. The South, I mean, I think, again. Do they have to take one? They do have <laughs> to take one. They got to take one. <laughs> but Tennessee, bad first week, winning last yeah. week Seattle. That's probably going to be the team to come out. Texans, Colts, Jags, I think are done. So really, given the landscape of the AFC, as long as the Broncos can maybe go three and three in division this year, I think they're set up to win 10, 11 games and be right there in the conversation. And
0: so what's it take to go three and three in division? You have to win your home games. Exactly. exactly. That's the the really thing. what it comes down to. So you get that Ravens game or Raiders game, excuse me, at home in October. You gotta win that one. That's a must-win game there. I think, in fact, that is one of your key must-win games of the season in my mind for the Broncos especially with how the Raiders have started out. I honestly think you're okay as a Broncos fan be okay with the idea of losing at Cleveland on a Thursday night. Hey that's a good football team that that, that's not going to really throw off your season. Even that Ravens game where that's a huge one that I think could catapult them. That's the week after the Jets you play the Ravens and I think if you can go win that game people will start taking you seriously as a threat in the AFC. Now I still think it's okay to lose that game. That's not a a big one that you have to win. That Steelers game, I really do think will be impactful because the reason I say that is I think the Steelers are probably the team the Broncos are competing with to get into that you know final wild card yeah, spot. It, so it, it you have done, yeah. to have that game, uh, you know, as far as the tiebreaker scenario against a team like the Steelers if you both end up ten and seven.
1: One game at a time, Jared. One game at a time, right? Hey, we're fans here. We don't need to do one game at (laughs) a time. We can look forward, all right? I'm already telling you, Broncos winning this right. week against the Jets, all right? Okay. I'm okay. looking past it. Chalk it up. We're Last going.
0: thing, before we move off of the Broncos here, one thing that we're going to bring in as sort of a weekly segment throughout the year here, we're going to call it the Red Rock Sports Weekly Draft, okay? The way this is going to work, we're going to have a little bit of fun, and the three of us, Soaps will be the one, obviously, most I'm, of the time. But I'm drafting but but for Tyler him today, right? Yes. Drafting?
2: on Soap's behalf. Thank you, producer. So I I wonder if he's just going to hate this. If he listens to today's show and we're just using his... (laughs) I mean, he may hate it. He may not. Maybe. You know, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're going to do each week is we're going to pick a a certain stat
0: category or an over-under scenario, whatever that might be, that... We're going to basically take turns. Each of the three of us are going to pick a player or a number of what we think that's going to be. And uh, the following week, we'll follow up on it. I don't know if that makes sense. Are you guys going to do different sports? Uh we're gonna at least start with the Broncos okay. right now through the Broncos season. Uh, obviously, just to kind of throw it out there. We're only about a month out from both the NBA and NHL seasons starting. Both Three of those weeks from hockey, get going in October. So
1: Look how excited! This Tyler. may be something
0: we pick so up excited. for those those sports as well. But for Week One, and Connor, I'm gonna give you the inaugural overall pick to start. Okay. Oh wow! On this because I love you so much, and oh, also wow. Soaps isn't here, so Tyler ends up last because I decide so. Hey, thanks. <laughs> But we're going to decide. What I want to draft is we're going to pick the player that we think leads the Broncos in receptions this week. Now, I know everyone's out there is like, dude, are you kidding me? Obviously, that was Cortland Sutton. So you're giving it to me. Sure, he is the odds-on favorite, but are you going to bank Connor on a guy that just set a career high in receptions and yards not having a fall off after that, you're still going to go with. Cortland, uh, Cortland Sutton? Y-
1: yes, I would like to win the game, and I will pick Cortland Sutton as the leader in receptions. the The obvious, obvious mistake there, Connor, because obviously, oh,
0: let's hear it. The The Jets let's defense is going to be 100 percent focused on shutting down Cortland Sutton. They have a, a stronger secondary than what you had with the Jags. That 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 secondary was just they're terrible, and 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 Cortland Sutton was tearing it up. Also. I think you're going to see a more concerted effort to get that ball spread around. I think the Broncos are looking at that go away. Everything was going through Cortland Sutton here. Let's get some of these other guys involved. We'll we'll see how wrong you are I am going to go with (laughs) Noah Fant. He's the check down target. He's the guy that can make the big plays down the seam. I'm going to take Noah Fant as the guy leading the Broncos in receptions this week.
2: See, here's where you're both wrong. And where producer Nick is going to thank me next week. Jared, you were right for the first half of what you said. They're going to shut down Cortland Sutton but they're also going to be very aware of Noah Fant. And if they're shutting down Sutton, the ball's going to go to the outside somewhere. Keep in mind, the majority of targets this season, vast majority, have gone to the outside of the field. Even Noah Fant lining him up on the outside, running out routes, that's where Teddy's like to throw. Teddy's like to throw. So I think we're going to go uh, Tim Patrick. He's third on the team right now in targets. If they shut down Sutton and Noah Fant doesn't necessarily get going, I think Tim Patrick could be the guy. So me and producer Nick yes we're taking tim patrick i thought we might have a kj hamler siding there no you know don't. i thought we, we th- collectively thought about kj but you know i just think tim patrick has more of an upside here so we okay. think tim patrick has more of an upside. okay we'll follow up on that next week <laughs> we'll have uh, some
0: uh, a new you know round of a different uh pick there but we'll follow that up next week with
1: that awesome man. Uh, i'm okay for that and and i hope
2: that nick doesn't get too mad at me drafting for him like that but you know, I think that was
1: good. Yeah. Oh, we—you say we we're doing our uh, our favorite games, or so? Oh, yeah, we're uh, doing. Real
0: quick, before we get to that, I have to touch on something okay. where, um, you know, I'll be honest with the audience and with my fellow co-hosts here. Yes, not been paying a whole lot of attention to the old Rockies. Ooh, and real. as it turns out, hey, what what's wrong, wrong for with yourself, you, Jerry? Jerry? I know. No, this is me personally. <laughs> no, actually, speak for yourself. Uh, <laughs> They're <laughs> seventy and seventy-nine right now. I had no idea. Yep. They're they're not even that yeah. they're they're only ten games back of the wild card, which is really a, probably an unsurmountable total uh, between now and With the end of what, the season. Forty left, but they're only six games back of the Padres, who is the one that stands out to me because they spent so much money on this roster
1: to be so much better than the Rockies, and they're not. Uh, you know, I wish I could. Uh, I, I wish that I hate to say I told you so. You know, I mean, I, I wish that I could I'm, just hate. I hate being right so often. It just it really hurts so, my feelings. See? So for We're the, the audience team. who hasn't <laughs> been for the audience who
0: hasn't been listening to us from the start on one of our first episodes, <laughs> I I threw my hot take out there that I was taking the over on the Rockies losing 100 games. I was going to take the over on that.
1: Well, and you and our producer at the time also took the over. I was the only one that was saying you guys are crazy. They're not going to lose a hundred games. And here the they are, not gonna just lose nine games,
0: games below five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys,
1: they're kind of competitive right now. Hey, uh, they they are. I mean, it's exactly. I mean, it's exactly what I was telling you. I mean, I, hey. Hey, all right, I'll get off my high horse. I, I don't want to. I am about to morph into Tyler Walgie right now. If I if I continue on this high horse, Easy. so
2: it's not. That's not a. Yeah, it's not a comfortable place to be. Let right me there. let
1: me jump off that high horse for a sec. But <laughs> but in all honesty, it is kind of a little bit what we talked about, right? It's uh, good pitching, a, a decent. Uh, uh, rotation, right? Definitely a couple pieces short in the bullpen, no doubt about it. But they got a solid rotation. They really do. And what is we all know, everybody out there understands enough about baseball to know what is baseball all about? Pitching. It's all about pitching. I mean, that is is how you win games, right? And so I've always kind of looked at this roster and said, hey, they got too good of a rotation to not be you know, to, to lose 100 games. I mean, 100 games is a lot of games. And it, and I did not see that happening. I know everyone was down with the Nolan Arenado, me included. I mean, I, I love Nolan Arenado. I wanted to see him here. But one positional player is not going to just suddenly take you from a 70-80 loss type of prediction to an 100-loss prediction. I mean, one player, as as handicapper Tyler over here could tell you, one player is not going to give you 20 games that's a non-pitcher. Yeah, I've right? yelled about
2: that a lot, Yeah, especially position players, and it's so funny that, right. especially Colorado fans, it's always been the Lewitsky, Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado. They've always been the next savior. It's like, no, you need a bullpen. You need a pitching staff. And really, you need three pitchers because if you can make it to October – Those three guys can get you through. This year, I'm looking at uh, uh, Milwaukee. I mean, they're starting three. Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns. Oh, man. They're going to be so good. So that's what the Rockies need. And this whole idea, look, my whole thing with the Arenado trade, not to harp on it, it's that they didn't get the pitchers back. I'm like, if you're going to trade Arenado, fine. Give me two or three elite pitchers back. Right. You know, and so that's what I wanted from that trade. I know we supposedly got prospects and all these guys. That's what I wanted back is pitching. So, you know, that's what you need, I think. Yeah.
1: no. So hey, good for the Rockies. It's it's good to see the, the Rockies competing. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. We'll, we'll talk about it as we roll into the offseason. It'll be interesting to see what they do with a couple of these contracts. You got, obviously, Trevor Story, fan favorite, and John Gray, who you know, hey, say what you want about John Gray. And a lot of people have been really down on him around here. Tyler
2: included over yeah, here. The wolf of, Wa- of of Blake Street. I call him the feline of Wazi. Okay, but you know Solid what? Solid number yeah, three. But, but you know what? <laughs> you
1: know what? Just because John Gray didn't turn out to be the front end ace of the staff that, that he was touted to be, right? I, I understand your feeling, Rockies fans. I get it, right? You were sold a bag of goods that John Gray is this bona fide ace. Well, guess what? He's not. But that does not mean that he is not a key cog in this rotation right now. Trade him. Ooh. Trade him. Man, we are good. I'm going to have to have you on the show just so I can, let you know, build you up and break you down, Tyler. <laughs> uh, Why? On the John Gray thing. I, I am a John Gray you fan. You know what? An apologist, can I, can I just tell you, look,
2: look, look. Maybe you are. Maybe I'm, I'm off here. Every time I go to a Rockies game, I always like to sprinkle a little cheddar on them. You know, a little pizza money here or there. No, it never hurt anybody. And so I go to a game. I get my seats. Whenever John Gray's pitching, I'm like, God. So, here okay, we this go. sounds like
0: professional better. Tyler's <laughs> letting his personal interest get in his way. Well. Like I said,
2: it all depends Ooh. on why you're betting out there. If you're having some fun, sprinkling a little, little pizza money. Connor and I actually had a conversation this week about. Why you bet, right? Why you make bets. There's plenty of people out there making a lot of money. They like to bet on their favorite team. So be it. You know, if you want to have some fun, I'm not going to yell right, at you for right. that. So have you that know what it. I
0: like to do with my pizza money? What's that? Get pizza. <laughs> Tyler calls What's your me. Best pizza topping? Salami. Oh, oh
1: I'm wow. going to go jalapeno. Okay, okay. And you know what? I'm just, I'm going to do it. Pepperoni. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there He's and gonna I'm going to say, say pineapple. Oh, oh. oh wow. Yep. Okay,
2: but wow. The, if we're going to double topping, you get pineapple and jalapeno. <laughs> you're getting the applause there. I I, I believe pineapples belong on a, uh, wait, pineapple and jalapeno. Oh, oh, that's bomb. Okay, so my, my, oh, yeah. okay, so my favorite Sours, pizza type, oh, yeah. spicy. Oh, yeah. favorite pizza type
1: is pepperoni, Jalapenos mm-hmm. and uh, and pineapple. See, I'll t- Do we Whoa, have a cream sauce or that? a red base sauce? This is important. Red base sauce, but also, okay. if you wanted to add a fourth condiment on there, I would go with uh, the little cream cheese cubes. But oh, hold on, I like the, the cream, cream cheese cubes. The, the
2: pineapple seems interesting to put with the, the pepperoni. So no, it's I, great. It's no, salty. Yeah. It's spicy. Really? See, it's so I've sweet. never oh, yeah. gone with that. Ooh. And you know what I like is, unless it's a thin pizza is extra sauce. I'm a big. Uh, I like extra sauce, sauce too. Yeah, yeah, I'm a cheesy guy myself. I like that cheese. See, but that's because you're too American. You know, okay. you, Jared embarrasses me when we go out. He's just... Uh, <laughs> it's true. I order the greasiest, nastiest, cheesiest no, thing on the menu. No, but uh, uh, the best pizza I've had in Denver is this place on Evans and I-25 called uh, Pantaleon's. Oh, it sounds like You guys offensive. ever been to Pantaleon's? no. no. Dude, it's really good. I mean, we're talking next level. I think Denver has some pretty decent pizza spots, but Pantaleon's is like next level. Uh, all right. Okay, hey, if we'll we're throwing shout-outs.
0: I'm going to throw a shout-out to one in Lakewood. It's called Pizzeria Louis, Wood Woodfire. I've never
2: been there money okay it's a
0: little place there's like three seats inside or you get it to go you pretty much got to pull up on Those the curb the best grab it, and get love, out all yeah, right yeah, hey, yeah, hey, that's, hey that's, as long as legit. we're throwing
1: shout outs papa john's it's just really okay actually little joint it's here. A little pizza <laughs> joint
0: <laughs> if we're trying to get sponsors let's throw out the biggest thing exactly if you guys want to find us on twitter and become a sponsor you can hit us at red rock sports one uh we'd we love pizza we'd love to taste test pizza you know Oh, yeah. Plus,
2: um, you guys still have a... Uh, competition right from the Fourth of July. You still yeah. need you two need to do a speed eating contest. Yeah, where we're Tyler. Although you know what, we got to do this quick
1: because I am losing weight fast, and this is going to be a disadvantage. Dude,
2: you're me. looking good. Oh, Can I, I say you. you're, you're looking very thank you, good? Thank you. What's yeah. the
1: secret? Ah, uh, just eating less. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you are you sleeping? Trash bags? No, no, we, no. Really. I, I am. Uh, I'm riding on
1: a stationary bicycle a okay. little bit. And uh, biggest thing though is I'm just counting my Wait, calories. Is it's the stationary the
2: bicycle and actually. An actual stationary bike, or is it a real bike that you just can't get going? Well, since we're throwing out brand names, I'll say <laughs> it. Don't say do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll say it's a Peloton.
1: Oh, went for it. Hey, wow.
0: Wow. So, hey okay. any Peloton
1: out there, we can sponsor you as well. You there can we watch go. me and my weight loss journey. <laughs> Although,
0: Love I'm it. just going to be honest. Peloton, um, the rest of this... Actually, I shouldn't say that. Soaps is in pretty good shape, too. Oh, but,
2: Nick, my dude, uh, he knows what he's doing. Tyler man. and I... No, we're on the outside looking in. Oh, I'm still on the outside. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm still there. Me and Jared peek in the windows, and we decide to go get some pizza. Uh, Uh, Okay, so my favorite brewery that I go to...
0: Cross the street from a Planet Fitness. It's great. You drink beer. You watch these people working out. You feel good about yourself.
2: <laughs> See? Watching right. people success. Well, <laughs> succeed. That's that's okay. all, That's all okay. you need. All right, hey, get out of this. Hey, 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 let's get out of these yeah. free plugs. Okay, I do all want right. to, before,
0: <laughs> before we get out of here, I've been trying to get this topic going for a few weeks. It's been a we while. We keep running long, so I want to hit it. What I want to discuss, guys, is very personal, okay, for each of us. We're all season ticket holders, right? Tyler, you and I both have season tickets yep. to CU Football, the Buffaloes. Connor, I know you have Broncos season tickets. Do you have any others or
1: uh Broncos and then I almost every single year I buy those like 10 game packages sure. to the Nuggets as as
2: well as the Rockies. So yeah, you and probably
0: and have the most diverse. I go to I go to
2: like 20 Avs games a year. Yeah.
0: So so you guys we all have a very diverse approach. Uh we like to go to games, we love to watch them in person. And I want to know, what is your guys's favorite games and least favorite games to attend in person in Colorado? Okay, I figure we'll just kind of run through this. We don't need to go each of us go one and then two. Yeah. Uh, Connor, do you want to start out, or you want me to start out? Yeah, sure, I'll start. Okay, uh, so give so. me kind of your your tops, maybe your top two or three, and and any ones that you don't like going to.
1: Okay, yeah. So my 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 top ones uh, in order would probably be the Broncos and and the, obvious, right? The season tickets. Right. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, season uh, uh, tickets. Well,
0: Very well invested into well, that. Well, one.
1: season tickets have been in my family uh, for. Many many years since the 50s or 60s. So, been in the, been in my family a long time. I, I just love the atmosphere of the Broncos games. I mean, hey, if you play the incomplete, I get chills. I really do. I, I really just saying that I get goosebumps. All right. Uh, so uh, there have been some moments. I mean, some some games. The AFC Championship game against the the uh, Patriots comes to mind. Right. That was a good one. Um, the uh, I guess there was there was another AFC Championship game against the the Steelers that I went to that was pretty awesome. Um, I mean, I just hey, it's just my it's a it's my memory. It's it's something I've been going to since I was really little, and I just I think you can't beat the atmosphere of an of seventy five thousand fans, literally just coming unhinged when that defense is on the field. So I think especially when the Broncos are good. There is absolutely nothing. Even when the Broncos are bad, there is nothing that beats the electricity in the air of a Broncos game. Uh, My number two would be the Rockies. I like the Rockies games. Not surprising at all, knowing Connor. No, I mean, hey, baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport. I, I, you know, I played it my whole life. I love baseball, and the Rockies games are a lot of fun, man. Hey, it's it's great weather here in Denver. You're usually not going and like just dying of heat, right? Like how you would in like St. Louis or Chicago or something. I don't in the know. Summer. Middle of July. Into August, it gets a little well. Rough well it out can get hot, at but stadium. at least but at least it's not ninety five degrees and a hundred percent humidity. You know what I mean? I mean, there's true. there are other fields that. So I just love the the weather and and hey, usually these games are evening games. So I'm writing it down. So
2: what is it so far? What do you got so we far? Got
1: Broncos number one. Okay, we got Rockies number two. Okay, and then for me, number three would be the Nuggets. I, I'm gonna go uh, Nuggets. Uh, I I loved games even dating back to McNichols Arena. Uh, I, you know, I just really enjoy watching basketball. But I will say. That is a distant three to me. I mean, right now, the Nuggets are so good and so fun to watch. So one and two are pretty close. One and two are pretty close. Yeah. (laughs) And and then I would say my least favorite, because Jared wanted to mention it. And I want to just preface this. I love all sporting events. I will go to every sporting event and have a great time. I think we have great venues here. Okay. I'm going to say my least favorite of all the ones that I kind of semi-regularly attend would be CU Basketball. Um, Okay. And the reasoning, the reasoning I have for it, like yeah, it's a cool atmosphere. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. I love going. It's still so much fun. I will always, I will always go to the game if I have a ticket. But the thing I don't like about it, um, and actually, CU football was almost there for me too. The thing I do not like about it is that you have to walk to a freaking like pavilion atrium to that's, go that's consume <laughs> alcohol. That's part of the nostalgia. Uh, that's part of, the of campus. I I like that uh, campus. I want, a, I want a beer in my hand watching the game, and it's unfortunate how I can't do that at a uh, student-athlete game. I get it. Uh, okay. At the football games, you can now.
2: I don't know about the basketball, basketball games. Basketball games. Here's a tip for all the kids in college right now who like to participate in the extracurriculars. What you do... If you're if you're only if you're, 21. Only if Come you're on, 21. Lawsuits, Tyler. We if got producers here. you are here. of age, of course. Yes. Here's what you do. Uh-huh. You uh, do what you got to do. You go to the... Uh, wait, do we want to hear this right now? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then you go... Wait, what's it called where you uh, look at the stars, right? The, the fake stars. The sky. No, the, the, the uh, fake stars. The Planetarium? Planetarium. Oh, yeah. Okay. They have a planetarium right by the Coors Event Center. You go down a little early. You go to the planetarium. You have a weird time. Boom, hit some basketball. It's a great night, let me tell you. Okay. It seems like there's probably a lot of drugs that go well, down there. Well, not, let's not fill in the blanks. Let's just say <laughs> you go up to Boulder, you have a good time. So I guess for me, I would just
1: put the college sports in our town as as my least favorite. Okay. But, but I still love wow. them. They're I, a lot I of fun. I think it comes
0: Jared where's he missing? No surprise to you, Connor, that CU football let's
2: go Buffaloes! top of my list. Okay.
1: Oof. And here's why. It's the You like only- watching teams uh- lose? <laughs> Of course, <laughs> okay, obviously, okay. I'm a Sorry. Colorado sports fan. Sorry, I'll shut up. I'll shut uh, up. That's my, one jab. No, that's my what one, it, one jab. What it
0: comes down to, Connor, is Broncos games. That Broncos are two on my list, just so you know. It is a pretty big gap between the two. And, and here's why I say that. When it comes to the Broncos, the stadium atmosphere, unbeatable in, in, in Colorado. It's always sold out. The fans are always crazy. It's always Broncos fans. That's the biggest thing. That's uh-huh. that's probably why my one negative uh, when it comes to CU is you do tend to get a lot of
2: opposing uh, opposing fans in there because it, it doesn't always sell out. Rockies, the Cubs fans are showing up. It, Avs, yes. the Red Wings fans are showing up. You're right. Broncos fans, but it's tough to see. CU the football, yeah. why
0: that separates over the Broncos is the true tailgating experience. You show up anywhere in Boulder the morning of a game, the entire town is tailgating for this game. See, anywhere you go, you can walk into any house, you're part of their tailgating party. It's a community, it's fun, the camaraderie, the Ralphie run, I mean, come on, a buffalo leads the team onto the field. That is so much fun, that is fantastic. The only other negative I'll throw out there for CU games, that drive to Boulder is not fun.
2: It's the drive, but here, I also have CU number one and it has nothing To do actually with your main point, which is terrific, the tailgating. I'm a tailgater man. It's all about that three hours for me. It's the in-game. I love the pageantry. I love the bands. I love the how there is the opposite section, and they have the away section, and it's filled up every time. And there's that weird venom you get every game. I never hated Minnesota football, but guess what? Last weekend they show up in Boulder, (laughs) even though we got embarrassed, and it's like all of a sudden like. I don't like them very much, and so, <laughs> right. so even though they were pretty good fans. But my, my, my point is I love everything about college football, the live mascots, Saturday morning, especially there in the Flatirons, best view in college football. So I agree with you, Jared. I have number one. So as
0: I mentioned, Broncos number two on my list. And one of the other things that like this is me as a uh, NFL football fan, I'm a big fantasy football guy. I love watching the red zone. You oh, miss yeah. out on every Football
1: That's game true. when That's you a go to a Broncos game. It's a good point, and, and it
0: just sucks, you know. I mean, so yes, it's fun going
1: to the game, but I'm like, but man, you're a big college football guy too, don't you miss a lot of the college football action when yes, you're going to? A you CU do. Game?
0: the The difference is you're a little more spread out in college football. You have bit, games yep. starting uh-huh. at ten. You have games that start at nine o'clock at night, so you get that chance to. But but yes, you are right. You're missing the the prime time games very often with that. Um, although it helps when CU is typically playing like eight thirty Saturday night, mm-hmm. so you know you you have missed all that. But so those are my top two clear top two. And what about Sees least one, favorite? Uh, 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 what about Broncos
2: the Avs? you guys have the Avs okay. there, man? I'm gonna I love my actually say game. this, I like that. Con- I love that.
0: Tyler. I, I need games. to get your reaction to this. If I'm gonna pick a least favorite venue and game to go to, it's the Avalanche. Okay, Ooh. it's not that I don't like going to them. I absolutely do. I find of all the games that I go to, and I think a lot of the audience out there will agree with me, it's the hardest one to follow in person. Because you don't have a great view, oftentimes where you are with with the boards and with the way the ice goes around it, it's hard to follow that puck. I actually find it to be a better environment, a better atmosphere to watch a game to pay attention to a game on TV. I'm getting the commentators tell me who's doing what. I I, I actually find it to be more enjoyable experience watching an Avs game from home
2: versus going to the yeah, game. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with just the the overall experience with the game because people who've watched hockey their whole lives in Sweden and come over here would say the same thing about basketball. I had a corner seat. It's so much better on TV. I couldn't see from that angle. Right. I like seeing from... So it's it's about... And that's the thing too is I've noticed is, is the more I've watched hockey... You kind of anticipate things. You anticipate goals going in. You anticipate... And, and I will also agree that hockey sports you usually get hockey fans. Like 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 Avs games, I get a lot of hockey fans around me who understand the sport and know what's going on. It's rare that you get a bunch of random fans at Avs games even when the Avs are good. When the Nuggets or any other team is good you get a bunch of random fans who may not watch the sport all the time. The Broncos have their hardcore fans. The Avs have their hardcore, you know, uh, uh hockey fans. So it's just a different atmosphere, and you're right, I think, that it's tougher to follow if you don't know exactly what's going on, but I love Avs games. So no,
1: no, no... Uh- I Tyler, I don't think you said your least favorite. Now, we're all prepping. saying we like all sports. I mean, we will go to every sport. I, I, I try to I go to really a couple of games every I don't really
2: year. have a least favorite because I incorporated college too. Yeah, but we're putting your feet to the fire. Well, I mean, technically here. on my list here, the Rapids are my least favorite at number eight. Because okay, I'd I didn't think law. about the
1: Rapids. I would, you know, yeah, Have yeah, you, no, you guys ever gone
2: to a lacrosse game?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I thought it 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 the mammoth or outlaw. Both very fun yeah, they're no, I'll tell you fun. the
2: most underrated experience is DU hockey. Now, this may be oh, coming yeah. from a hockey guy, yeah, okay? but I love going to DU hockey games. My girlfriend and I go all the time. It's so fun. You get $30 tickets. You can sit six rows up right on the boards. I mean, it's a good... Heck, yeah. Yeah, it's a good good value, good price. DU's usually really good. And what I love, again, I know Connor's not a big college guy, I love watching these prospects because a lot of good prospects, they'll play immediately, if not six months into their NHL venture. So you really see guys coming and playing DU, because DU plays in a good division or a good conference, to where you're seeing guys drafted all over the NHL. It's like, hey, I saw him last year. So that's what I love. Is these That's guys. cool. Yeah. I, like, I like that for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Now, I guess I guess look, you know, when I'm looking at you two, you guys prefer to watch children play football uh over, no, over no, men playing football. They're, they're, you know what adults they're at <laughs> am. A, they're <laughs> even being allowed to be paid for their services at this I and time. I am a
2: lover of sports. I grew up, actually got my start in, in my career calling high school football. I know. Yeah. I love yeah. all levels of football. If you guys can ever get down to a Valor Christian game, Cherry Creek, watch yeah, that no football. Doubt. No doubt. That is so fun to watch and you'll see some future players. It is. That, it is fun to watch. So, best, so yeah, at any level. level
1: I'm only teasing you a little bit about that. Best uh, level
0: of sports is peewee football though. I mean, that is the <laughs> most entertaining <laughs> okay. to watch. All right. Now These you're throwing me. These little kids with
1: a giant head. I mean, it's great. Now you're throwing me. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Hey, there you have it. That was, uh, that was good. That was a good segment. I like it. It's good. Uh, you know, let let us know, uh, listeners. Let us know what you guys think. What's your favorite? What's your least favorite? Let us know at RedRockSports1 on Twitter. Tell Tyler and Jared how right or how wrong they are.
0: Of course, everybody knows that we're right in this this (laughs) one here. I might
1: take that wrong side of that
0: one, but we'll see. (laughs) Nick's (laughs) back next week. Yeah, Nick will be back next week. I will actually be out next week, so good luck, you guys, dealing with these yahoos. Yahoo. (laughs) Ooh, just one, he says. (laughs) Okay, well, for Connor and Tyler, thanks for joining us again, Tyler. I am Jared. Thanks for tuning in to Red Rock Sports.